This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, January 4th, still getting used to the fact that it's 2022. Thanks for being here. I'm Jeremy Jordan, teamed up with a guy who is charging into 2022 like a Chick-fil-A employee. You know, some of the nicest people on the planet work at Chick-fil-A, and they mm. have the commercials to prove that. Uh, <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> Look, did I see one the other day where, like, a Chick-fil-A employee went with somebody to their adoption? Like, they went with the wow. family because the child, like, it was a great story. Wow. But I'm like, wow, that is that is really going above and beyond the uh, the fast food industry like, duties. Hey, we have a job to do here in line, and we had to make up for you. You <laughs> well the, the, on the clock. The reason that we bring this up is because uh, we like Chick Fil A. We love Chick Fil A, and my, my honestly, my son, I think got seventy dollars total worth of Chick Fil A gift cards over Christmas. You, you want you want a confession here? One time I, one time I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm going out to eat on a Sunday. I'm just going. I, I thought to go to Chick-fil-A first, and then I realized they were closed, and I realized maybe I am not doing this today. <laughs> pickle or no pickle? Pickle or no pickle always, on the Chick-fil-A? Always pickle. Always pickle. In fact, always I would prefer pickle. more pickles. Okay. Uh, but yes, always pickle on the yeah. Chick-fil-A sandwich. Uh, the reason we bring this up, uh, Fessy Satake yes. uh, tweeted this out. He says, quote, some 2022 advice. Mm. Bring the same energy that Chick-fil-A does when greeting you and making sure your order is right. It, uh, if you do that, your problems will be cut in at least half. <laughs> Hashtag, you're welcome in advance. Uh, it would be my pleasure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yes. It's I, true. I, they have a reputation of just being great customer service people. Yes. I think that's an important brand yes. element. Yes. If yeah. that's what you, if that's one of the things that you're known for, you're, you're known in, for being you're nice. in good shape. They're the Spencer Linton of restaurants, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's the show lineup. Some Cougars announced they're returning next football season. We'll tell you which ones. Who says Jaron Hall has 2023 first-round NFL potential? Wow. The latest bracketology from Joe Lenardi of ESPN with BYU Hoops. And can the Cougars get an at-large bid with zero quad one non-conference wins? That's what it is right now, right. Jason. Can they do it? We'll discuss. But first, today's headlines. All right, Jerem alluded to it. Offensive lineman Joe Tukuafu announces he will return to BYU for the upcoming 2022 college football season. He joins Lopini Katoa and Earl Tuioti Mariner as players who were honored on Senior Day last year but have decided to return. So who are we waiting on? Gunnar Romney? Gunnar Romney is obviously the biggest name still out there. Yeah. Um, there are a couple... Um, uh, Feels like he's Drew, the biggest. I think Drew Jensen is one that I don't think his. I have not seen anything. Oh, waiting to hear. Yeah, JT Gentry is another one. Gotcha. My boy Jason Money. Your boy Jason Money. Exactly. The guy is money. It, yeah, it's, it's great. And his name's Jason. Tony Taki Taki had three tackles and they lost to the Steelers on Monday Night Football. The finally home final home game for Ben Roethlisberger. It was emotional there. Taki Taki had 44 tackles this season, uh, fifth most among BYU defensive players. Still. Uh, Week uh, 17 or game 17 coming up this week. We move on to hoops. BYU basketball remains a nine seed in the latest Joe Lenardi bracketology. Joseph currently has four teams from the West Coast Conference making the tournament. Also, a little, uh, little deja vu from last year and last week. The first of this week's West Coast Conference games has been postponed as Gonzaga 
is still under COVID protocol. So the Zags versus USF, that game has been postponed. Also, speaking of USF, the Dons. This is fun. This is great. They're like, all right, fine. We can't play the Zags. We're just going to go play another game, not even in our state. The Dons have scheduled a game against Loyola Chicago in Salt Lake City at Salt Lake Community College. Okay. Like the Fighting Bruins. How about this? Utah is known as the place where you can play. Come play, come play ball. High school football, you can come play. Everybody came during the, the high school football season. Just, just come here and play. We play here. Exactly. We play here. I like that. Women's hoops remains 18 in the latest AP poll, 25 in net. Ah, the women's team's awesome. You got to watch them play. The Cougars play at San Francisco on Thursday. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU quarterback Jaron Hall was fantastic this last season as a new quarter Cougar quarterback after Zach Wilson, leading the Cougars to an 8-2 record in his 10 starts, including a BYU record six wins versus Power 5 teams. Pro Football Focus's Cam Meller has him as a potential NFL first-round pick in 2023, do you believe Jaron Hall has first-round potential? I think he does have first-round potential. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's going to be taken in the first round. But does he have the skill set that you look for in quarterbacks that usually get taken in the first round? Yeah, I think he does. And I think a lot of what we've seen this last year has has proven that. Now, we look at almost every NFL quarterback back that gets drafted these days. What's one of the things that used to be, you know, you had, to, you had to be a pocket passer. You have to be able to throw for 400 yards. And we're certainly we're seeing that with guys, certainly like a Joe Burrow and, you know, guys like that. But quarterbacks that are getting taken these days not only can throw the ball, but they move the pocket. Doesn't necessarily mean they have to run. That certainly helps. But they have to be able to move the pocket. And we've seen – that's what Jaron Hall can do. Jaron Hall's ability to move the pocket and his threat of running allows him to be able to do some things and that I think NFL teams certainly pay attention to. I think the other thing that, that works in his favor, and now we've seen this in consecutive seasons, he is in an offense that will showcase his abilities. And so I think that we saw what, what Zach was able to do in this offense. We saw how that turned out, being a number two pick. Being in the same offense and having it catered to you uh, as the quarterback, to your skill set, I think that that will pay dividends for a guy like Jaron Hall. Now, where he gets drafted, I don't know. But does he have first-round potential? I think his skill set, I, 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 that, that's not a crazy statement in my mind. Shout-out to Cam Miller, who first identified that Zach Wilson was going to be awesome. He said it before we even said it, right? Um, we kind of reacted to it later and was like, whoa, Zach's looking good now. Um, he, Cam Miller went offseason and was like, yeah, he only had two uh, interceptions that were his fault last year in 2019. It was like, what? It was like, okay, okay. So if he's saying this about Jared, I believe it. He's because... the BYU quarterback whisperer. <laughs> yes, he is. I, this is quite the statement. I like it. Um, do I think Jaron Hall will be a first-round pick? That would be amazing. I think if he's a day-two guy, that would be quite an accomplishment, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Over the past five seasons, the first round, 4.2 quarterbacks of four drafted on average. Four. It is really hard. And then the total number of uh, quarterbacks drafted in a seven-round NFL draft the last five years is about 11 a year. It is very difficult to be drafted at all. Yeah. At all. 
So if Jaron Hall could be a first-round pick, that'd be incredible. And you look at the track record of BYU quarterbacks now under Kalani Sitake. Tismil wasn't his recruit, but he was his senior. And then Zach Wilson was absolutely Kalani Sitake's guy. Got him from Boise State. Iowa was in the mix late. Obviously, Utah didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. Well, he would have been fourth on their depth chart, so. Exactly. Um, this is this is awesome. Yeah, does he have first-round potential? If he, He's going to have to increase his volume quite a bit and stay healthy to have this chance. But what we saw from him, efficiency 156 is good. Completion percentage, 64%. Threw for an average of 258 a game passing. Those are good numbers. Um, 20 touchdowns and five picks. Like, Aaron Roderick in the prep for the Idaho State game was really emphasized Jaron Hall's decision-making. Great decisions, his ability to run. Um, the deep ball was awesome, yeah. thanks to Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney and Samson Nakua and, and everybody. I, he's certainly got a shot. I think if he's a day-two guy, that would be quite the accomplishment as well. I, I also think the teams you beat also gets people's attention, and that was another dividend of last yeah. year, a benefit. Yes. that look, look, not, only, yeah. not only look how, what he did, look what he did against – who he did it, you know, they, the, the opponents. Not all BYU quarterbacks had this chance. Correct. Li- literally nobody but Jaron Hall has won, you know, six power yes. five games in a season for BYU. That's an incredible accomplishment. All right, topic number two. Despite where things stood when the Cougars played them, as of today, only one of BYU basketball's games is showing up as a quad one. That one game is the loss to Utah Valley. How about that? That's crazy to think about that that's the lone quad one game right now. You could argue it's a good loss in that regard. Granted, you wanted to win the game. Yes, I you want it. to win the game, yes. They're probably not a quad one if UVU loses. Correct. So here's the question. Can BYU get an at-large bid with zero non-conference quad one victories? It is a tremendous question. Joe Lenardi is saying yes because he has BYU in and a nine. <sighs> On March 10th or whatever the date is of Selection Sunday, I'm trying to remember, is, is it is that going to fly? That feels rough. Um, granted, if one of your wins is Gonzaga, yes. Um, if San Francisco stays quad one, yes. Um, because you'd have St. Mary's, San Francisco, Gonzaga, you'd think. The league's going to hook that up, by the way. That's going to happen, you would think. Um, then then maybe you're fine because they may not care about the non-conference the conference. But... <sighs> To have zero non-conference quad one wins right now feels kind of weird. Five and two in quad two. What we hope is that several of those quad twos, uh, those wins become yes, that they quad can, ones yes. in two months. We still It's still early, but it is concerning. And if you told me right now, do you, do you take Lenardi's nine or do you play it out and see if you can get something better? I would take it because I am concerned about no post, you know, you know no five, no big four right now. Um, with BYU. To lean on freshmen at that position is going to be difficult. is going through a transition phase right now. We talked about it yesterday with Dave McCann. Alex Barcelo the last two games has not been a double-digit scorer. BYU is leaning on freshmen in that position. I think BYU will figure it out. It's just a process that's going to take a second. And if San Francisco is actually really good this year, we'll see. Jury's still out for me, even at 13-1. and one. You can go up and see him at Salt Lake Community <laughs> College and see how legit they are. <laughs> yes, I can. Go Bruins. <laughs> It's it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out in the next two months. Yeah, look, the biggest reason I'm going to say yes, they can, is what you brought up. The fact that they've gone through their non-conference and Joe Lenardi still has them in. So, so according to the guy that most of us trust the most for this, says that it's good enough to get them in today, 
then I'm willing to say yes. Now, is it ideal? Well, no, you certainly would want more. And I agree with you. There's a, there's a good chance that some of those two quad twos or maybe even some of the quad threes have a chance to climb up and, and do something else and be a better victory for BYU down the stretch. But I think the fact that it is that BYU is still in as a nine seed right now with no quad one non-conference wins is a good sign. Again, it's not ideal, and you, you certainly don't want – you want to be able to force the issue. You don't want to leave it into the hands of somebody else to make a judgment call. Like hopefully San Diego State's yeah. good. So, so hopefully want. you get some of those down the road uh, that, that turn into better victories than what they look like right now. But I, I think the fact that they're in now is, is a good sign, so I'm going to say yes, they can do it. Okay, our question of the day. What do you see in Jaron Hall that makes you think he is a future NFL pick? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Chris Maracci on Facebook. You can weigh in on Twitter and Instagram. Passing accuracy and presence in the pocket have evolved quite a bit this past season. That combined with his ability to run so effectively make me think that Jaron is a future NFL prospect. But I still feel that he is at least a season away from refining other mechanics as a quarterback and showing that he's durable enough to play in the NFL. Durability is a question. Uh, The concussions... Um, and then, of course, the ribs, um, you know, ma- those are concerns for yes. Jaron's longevity at, at the next level. He's certainly shown this year. And let's be honest, the reason BYU is 10-3 and three is Tyler Algier in that run game and then Jaron Hall combined with the defense, their ability to be positive in margin won lot, BYU a lot of games. BYU is to be credited with that. Let's also mention the fact that the Pac-12 struggled. BYU took advantage of that in the moment. You can only play who's in front of you. BYU goes 5-0. and uh, And it was a spectacular season because of those elements, one of which is Jaron Hall's decision-making was yeah. excellent. Here's the one thing I'll say about the, the being able to play and the injuries. We thought the exact same thing about Taysom Hill, that it was going to translate into him constantly being injured in the NFL. Now, he has had some issues this year, concussions and things like that, the finger. But, but his, his, the majority of his career in the NFL – He's been fine. He has been just fine. So it doesn't always translate from one level sure. to the next. Sure. Four season-ending injuries didn't translate. <laughs> it's not a thing that <laughs> – It's crazy. Think, and that's another discussion, right, is, is can a person be injury-prone? Right. I don't know the answer to yeah. that question. All right, coming up, will BYU men's basketball need to make uh, last-minute schedule changes, and should they? And radio analyst Riley Nelson joins us to discuss the off-season needs of BYU football and the ceiling for Jaron Hall. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Look ahead to West Coast Conference play, and we debut a brand-new Deep Blue about Gideon George. That's tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's part two, and it's a follow-up to what we learned last year about his uh, you know, growing up, but also the shoe drive that happened. A sequel? Is it a sequel? It's a sequel, and it's better than Empire Strikes Back. We're live. At, no, that's not true. That's an amazing show. Uh, we're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Jeremy Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. A lot of discussion about 
BYU football and Jaron Hall and NFL potential. So let's bring in uh, today's uh, first guest, radio analyst Riley Nelson, former Cougar quarterback, whose haircut looks incredible, by the way, joins BYU Sports Nation. Riley, how you doing, man? You look awesome. Oh, man, it's so kind. Shout out to Blair Randall at Buffalo Barbers in North Salt Lake for taking care of me. And I got to tell you, it's been a long road. Jason and Greg and all those guys over the course of the season, I had to grow out the top long. My hair doesn't naturally lay down, so it has to be really long. So the top of my hair actually like comes down to my mouth. But anyway, for Blair to be able to kind of blend up the sides, keep it tight. And now that I finally get some lay down in the back. It's been great. And let's be honest, I normally wouldn't spend this much time on my hair, but I'd say probably 30% of what I've remembered for from my time at BYU has to do with my hair. <laughs> I was so gonna, I think it's relevant to our discussion today. I was going to say, did Tom Homa ask you to get a haircut this time too? No, because I kept it high and tight. See, I tried to let it sneak down the back, you know, a decade ago when I was playing. But uh, now that I'm in the professional world, I, I got to keep it a little bit tight. Is that, is that a one on the side? Are you going one and a half? Yeah, so for if you guys want to ask now, Blair is extremely skilled, so my guy's awesome. But if you want to ask your own guy, so I'm skin up to the top of the ear, and then top of the ear, he just blends it oh. up up to where I got the length on top. So that, that's Next what level. I got. It. It's All right. Well, Riley, thanks for joining us. Thanks it was for good joining to talk us to you. Yeah. For Barber Talk. No, just kidding. Let's talk about <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you guys. Yes, bye. Week. Yeah. Let's talk about Jaron Hall. So Cam Miller, who uh, pro football focus, he was the first to really idea that, hey, Zach Wilson's special. He's going to do something next level. Andre Ware was in there as well. Even before I think we thought, hey, Zach's going to be amazing, right? So he's saying now um, recently that, that Jaron Hall is a first-round potential in 2023's draft. What are your thoughts on that comment? That's quite the statement. I, I don't know that I'm there yet, but I also – so you say first round. Is Jaron Hall a potential NFL draft pick? Most definitely. Draft order is dependent a lot more on what does the class around you look, right? Like Zach Wilson was number two last year, but if Zach Wilson was – you know, in that draft class where Jamison Mariota went one, two, and you had a bunch of other, you know, guys in it, you know, he's maybe the fifth or sixth guy off the board, right? And and then fifth or sixth guy off the board, well, what are the needs of the other teams in the first round? Who's actually in the market for a quarterback? So now where someone actually gets drafted, there's a lot more circumstances around it. Of course, you have these draft scout guys who issue grades, um, he says he has first round potential. I don't think at least from other quarterbacks in the caliber from my, you know, untrained scouting eye, I wouldn't say necessarily that he's exhibiting the, the, the kind of talent level and first round skill set yet. But is he on his way to be knowing that he's coming back for another year that he's been under the tutelage of Aaron Roderick, who obviously was able to take Zach from let's, let's not forget that, you know, Hawaii bowl and that, that uh, 2019 season coming back where we weren't quite sure what we had in Zach, but a year with Aaron Roderick, obviously working with John Beck and the guys down at 3D QB, and then Zach gets taken two off the board. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility for Jaron Hall. The one thing that's different while Zach is, is durability and people will say, well, Zach had some injuries. Zach hurt his hand by, you know, hitting it on a helmet, right? He broke his hand, hitting it on a helmet. Outside of that, he was able to kind of stay clear. When you get guys that have, 
either head injuries or torso injuries. Those are kind of more durability issues than single event issues. For me, if Jaron's going to be there, there's definitely some aspects of his game for him to be a bona fide first round draft pick that, that need to improve. But even bigger than those, you know, on the field um, technical aspects, the biggest question he has to answer is, can he be there for his team for an entire, you know, 13 game slate? Riley, let's stay with the quarterback discussion, but move back a spot. Uh, we found out in the last couple of days, Baylor Romney uh, announced that his time at BYU had come to an end. That moves then Jacob Conover as the backup to Jaron Hall for next year. And, and obviously, you know, regardless of the quarterbacks, it, it seems like backups are playing um, in, in college football these days because, you know, the, the likelihood that a starting quarterback stays healthy the entire year just doesn't seem to be too realistic. What are your thoughts on Conover being the, the main backup to Jaron Hall? Well, I, I think he's ready and excited and embracing his opportunity. Obviously, we got a very small sample size this year against Utah State. That game was already in hand, and so he wasn't asked to do much. What he was asked to do, I thought, was pretty good. I mean, it, obviously, he didn't blow the doors off in, in his first few snaps, but you see a lot of you see a lot of backups that come into games and situations like that and the lead dwindles or the game is all of a sudden in jeopardy for the time that small amount of time against Utah State with you know with Jacob Conover under the helm the game was never in jeopardy he wasn't out there looking nervous or mistake he didn't give you any indication that he can't do the job and I know that he personally is uh you know a guy that's He's an extremely hard worker. He's a guy that's in, in embraced this opportunity, but, and, but he's embracing the opportunity without getting impatient. He knows that he's got a long career ahead of him at, at BYU and, and to be able to do this. So I, I feel very comfortable with Jacob Conover. Uh, obviously, there's the Boise State transfer and Finnegan, who's a guy that's played and has D1 reps. It's nice that he's adding uh, some depth to the room. And then I, I hear nothing but good things, even though he's a little bit different player, uh, unique player in Soljay Maiava-Peters. He maybe would the offense might look a little bit different under him. The offense definitely has aspects that can play to his skill set. So between those four guys, I, I think the quarterback room is in pretty good shape. That said, if we hear, you know, that there's some activity in the transfer portal and they're bringing in another guy, I'm of the opinion that competition breeds excellence and it never hurts to have a lot of talented uh, signal callers. I wouldn't be surprised, like you just said, if you only add somebody from the transfer portal in the quarterback room. We'll see in this offseason. We're talking to Riley Nelson, BYU radio analyst here on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the running backs. Obviously losing the greatest rushing season ever uh, from Tyler Algier is a big loss. BYU brings back guys like Jackson McChesney, Lopini Katoa. They really liked Miles Davis going into the season before an injury. Does BYU need to mine the transfer portal for someone to be a starter type uh, to compete with that group? I think so, if only for the fact that it is so rare now to have that premier back, that every down back that BYU had in Tyler Algier, right? The guy that's going to shoulder the majority of the carries. If you look across the, the majority of offenses in college football and even pro football now, there, there are two to three backs that get significant snaps and significant carries. I mean, significant in terms of their share of the load, right? Like you got guys going a third, a third, or a half and 25, 25. In other words, there are two to three backs getting utilized in most every productive uh, offense in today's football game. So you just rattled off 
you know, three guys you could throw. I know coming out of camp, they were excited about Hinkley Rapati is another guy that could potentially be, you know, one of those physical bruisers, short yardage back. But again, Tyler Algier did that. Tyler Algier was your big play back. He was your short yardage back. He was your screen game back. Um, it's great to have Lopini Katoa back from a leadership standpoint. Obviously, they have Harvey Younger back, uh, you know, coaching and managing the chemistry and development of that room. But running back is one. Quarterback's a little bit different. As we've seen with Utah, the transfer portal, it, it's a really, quarterback's a really unique position in that you're messing with the psyche and leadership of the team. And as we saw Cam Rising get passed over twice before Utah eventually figuring out that he was the guy, you have to be really sensitive to that dynamic at the quarterback position. But I would argue almost every other position on the field, especially skill position like wide receiver, uh, running back, cornerback, guys who operate on an island and sometimes, and by that I mean basically hey, it's wide zone to the left. You hand the guy off under, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to coordinate with anybody if he's going to cut back to the backside A gap. He just plays instinctually and based on his talent. Um, whenever you have a position that's like that, the more talent you can throw at it, the better off you're going to be as an offense and as a football team. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap things up talking a little defense. On that side of the ball, the biggest area of improvement needed is what? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I thought our linebackers were really strong and deep coming into the year and they were tested, I mean, to the, to the nth degree, right. With, with, I mean, you obviously still had Ben Bywater, but he was banged up and Max Tooley. And of course we saw what that, that picture he posted on. And those were the guys that were playing, not to mention that you had, you know, Will Gar and Peely that had suffered season ending injuries earlier. So I, as much as I want to add depth to that position, the next position I look at is cornerback. Cornerbacks was another one that kind of BYU was kind of limping to the, to the finish line. Um, it'd be somewhere in there for me, Jason. It's, it's hard to say which one I, I think to looking at the kind of offenses and the kind of uh, threats that will be that BYU will be facing in the big 12 my gut tells me that we're we're maybe further behind in the cornerback defensive back position than we are in a front seven linebacker. So I would probably put cornerback over linebacker, but those would be the two position groups that I would focus on most if I were, you know, making those decisions. We'll see what the portal yields. We'll see what kind of development BYU can uh, continue to do among its players, which they've been pretty good at. Riley, we appreciate the time and uh, you know keep keep the product in there, man. It looks it's looking great. fresh, my friend. Yeah, no, the key is don't let it go. When you do a skin fade, don't let it go more than three weeks. After that, it starts looking scraggly. So I'll see you guys next time I'm on with more hair tips. Best-looking radio analyst in the game, <laughs> Riley Nelson. Thanks, again. Okay, Riley Nelson bringing up some great points. I'm interested to see what the defense does, too. Uh, like, like, we've talked a lot about kind of running back and what you do there, receiver who's coming back. Defensively, obviously, BYU needs to improve. Yeah, well, and, and one of the biggest areas, and he touched on it, is is stay healthy. I mean, BYU's best defensive players got hurt and were out for extended periods of time. Is that strength and conditioning? Is yeah, it it's just, fluky? Yeah. Is it, is it just, football? Like, it's hard to yeah. quantify it is. rate of injury. It, there's no question about it. You just can't predict that. All right, coming up, Sean Olmstead will be live with us right here in Studio B talking some men's volleyball. And since the Pac-12 struggled this year, are we even proud of the championship banner anymore? Like, should that thing stay up? we got to talk. This is BYU Sports Nation. By the way, one and a half on the sides. Oh, nice. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade 
for a growing world. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, or BYUSN right now, as the kids like to call it, hopefully you're keeping up with your New Year's goals because Kiki is here to add a few more for BYU. Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. More to do. Let's go. He is Jason. I am Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, you can follow BYU Sports Nation on social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Maris, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. All right, we mentioned this uh, at the beginning of the show. Due to COVID cancellations, San Francisco and Loyola Chicago have gotten together and scheduled a bracket buster game on Thursday night at, wait for it, Solid Community College. Shout out to the Bruins. Shout out to the Bruins. I, sp- I, spent, I spent some time there at Slick. Not a ton of time, but Not a did. ton of time, but I was there for a little bit. Uh, if COVID continues to cancel games for BYU, should the Cougars look for these types of games? I think absolutely. Who knows what you're going to get in the West Coast Conference and anywhere. Like a box you know of chocolates. Uh, thank you, uh, Tom. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, I think, especially what we said, with no uh, quad one non-conference wins, it's tough, which brings us to the resume update. BYU 31 in net. Oh, we got music. Nice. Ken Palm 27. That was a good number. Bracket Matrix, eight and a half seed right now. And Bracketology, nine seed. Joe Lenardi, five minutes ago. Updated. Without fresh Bracketology, this is the latest. BYU 9, USF 9, St. Mary's 10, Gonzaga, of course, 1. So how, what's the answer for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. These? I'm all for it. If there's an opportunity to play games and you're going to have an extended period of time without any, and you can play a game, do it. You have to get the two San Francisco, the two St. Mary's, and the two Gonzaga. I almost don't care what else you get. Honestly, you know, there there has to be a pecking order, and I have to assume that the West Coast Conference knows that. And it might be beneficial to not play right. Portland ever. You're you right. know what I mean? Yeah, outside of going to the Nike store. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. It took Utah 11 years as a Power 5 before getting to a New Year's Six Bowl game and still longer to win one. How long will it take BYU to make a New Year's Six in the new Big 12? Oh, man, that is so hard to, to gauge. Look, there's going to be a learning curve. Even though I think BYU's in a better situation going into their conference than Utah was sure. a decade ago going into theirs, yeah. I, I would say within three to five years, that stuff okay. becomes realistic, I think. Yeah, I'm hoping that timeline. Um, you have to be awesome yes. to make one. You have to be either the champ or the second-best team. Um, a third team out of the new Big 12 feels like it might be a stretch because, again, I, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be more like the Pac-12 than you want it to be. AKA, there's not going to be an elite team. There's going to be a bunch of very good to very good teams. I don't know that there will be a great team with Oklahoma leaving, right? It, it's Cincinnati is going to feel like it can compete right away, but like UCF, they're going to drop off at some point, I would imagine, in a similar fashion and be like everybody else. As good as TCU was, they don't actually compete for the Big 12 title. It's going to be hard. Yep, that's and that's it, it's going to take some time. But I think you get a couple of years of the recruiting, you get that in. I think three to five years is realistic to where that then is a realistic goal. To be the second, yeah. To win a Big 12 title one day would be incredible. Absolutely. All right, this may be the most important part of the show. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's that that big. How offensive to Sean Olmstead. Pac-12, I think Sean will even agree with this one. (laughs) Pac-12, the Pac-12 conference goes 0-5 in bowls. Oh, yeah. And finishes the season 9-23 versus non-Pac-12 FBS foes. Mm. By the way, three and 16 against non-Pac-12 non-Pac, uh, P5s, mm. and six and seven versus the G5s. One of those seven was. So are we talking relegation here? Are they even a, are they even a P5 conference anymore? I've always actually liked the Pac-12 growing up in Portland. And a bigger there. question now, 
because it comes from their own commissioner. He calls the he calls the season. I would call it a disappointing season. Oh, with those numbers you just said, of course. He said we had our worst non-conference performance by winning percentage since 1983 in a very unfortunate bowl season. In '83, BYU beat UCLA, by the way, so contributed. To very it. nice. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, and I'm excited to get to it. In quote. So yeah, the question is, um, you know, BYU took advantage of the Pac-12 being bad. Let, let's just say it, right? Five and zero, oh, it was awesome. So does that lessen this? The de facto Pac-12. What should we do? I, I think we take it down. I, I is think, today the day it's coming I, down? I think so. You know what? Bring in the ladder. Ben Bagley, our, our coordinator producer. Wow. Let's just emphatic with the ladder. He's, he's good with the ladder. You know, he's built by the Home Depot. Um, we're just going to take it down. It's, you know it's gone. Today's the day. All you Ute fans watching, congratulations for wow. taking it down. Oh, just chucking just it. Just threw it. Okay. Well, that cost a little bit, Ben, but all right. By um, the way, that flag's going in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's going in your front window. <laughs> like, oh, that's where it is. Ute fans egging your place. If you see that flag, you know where Jason lives. Um, I'll put it on Jerem's house. <laughs> you don't know where I live. <laughs> mm, I can find out. Staff directory. I can go there right now. That's true. Let's uh, for on. the students, they call it StalkerNet, or they used to at BYU. That's true. It's kind of creepy. It's true. All right, coming up, the newest dish of Top 5 Tuesday, and I am doing it oh, under protest. It's, it's controversial. I'm, I'm under yeah, protest. I'm saying it now. And Sean Olmstead coming into uh, Studio B here. He's got a mustache a la 2014. It's, I'm not even mad. I'm it's actually impressed. Good. We'll preview the season. BYU at Penn State this weekend. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, nice clip from Hawaii 2020. I like it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem Jordan talks with baseball coach Mike Littlewood about officiating in March Madness, turning down a job in the NBA, a tumor he had removed, and the future of Cougar baseball. Listen on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. He told this story that is one of the craziest stories about about flying in an airplane to a remote, like to Flagstaff and then back to St. George mm-hmm. in a storm where he thought he was going to die. Like it, it was crazy. And, and the whole NBA thing and the two, fascinating conversation. Go check it out. Coach Littlewood's amazing. He is amazing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Now, when you have a great mustache, <laughs> you're going for something. I don't know what you're going for. But Sean Olmstead has reverted back to the 2014 version of himself, and he's got a, a post-Christmas holiday mustache. Sean, I'm really impressed by it. I like it. <laughs> what, what is the message you're sending I, I, with this? There is no message. Look, I openly <laughs> admit that over the course of a couple weeks off, uh, a week off at home, my wife had a surgery, so I was, I was full dad mode. My wife was in bed, laid up, and I didn't even have a chance to think about shaving for that week. Then we came back a week before classes started with the guys. Again, I was kind of in full coach mode, going, going, going. So I'm open about it, openly admit that, hey, Sunday night, <laughs> we're back, campus, everyone's yep. here, we're excited, and uh, I, 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 I've always enjoyed it. I enjoy it. And so this... It's literally kind of how it happened, you know, years and years ago with the women's team. It was over a break. I was coming down here to the NCAA show, and I was like, ah, this will be kind of funny, and did that, and 
from there it just went. So then you is it sticking around then? You gonna trim it right now? I gotta trim it. I gotta figure it out. I need some like you know you see these things like the beard care, the mustache. I gotta figure out that groove because I think it'll make it a little smoother. Sometimes it gets a little irritating when you know I'm taking a swig of a diet coke or something gets a little itchy and I'm you know thinking there's a fly I'm going up my nose but it's no <laughs> it's, it's your I, face yeah it's my face and then, <laughs> then I get some food and and different things so we'll see we'll see well we're excited that uh you're here because that means the season is upon us yeah at Penn State yeah. this week yeah obviously a new look group it's it, like if this was a band it'd be Gardini and the boys right yeah. <laughs> um you know Mitchell Worthington's back the two starters a lot of firepower lost but a lot of young talent in this group, so yeah. tell us about the 22 BYU men's volleyball Well, team. Let, me, let me just tell you why I brought a ball, though. I, uh, I just assume you always want to play ball. No, well, I do. Just, I do. One, just in case a game breaks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 and I'll be quick. But uh, my second family back home, the Goodfield family, they are. Uh, he watches everything you guys produce, everything oh, you awesome. guys do, and literally comments he knows by first name, and he's like, oh, the vibe, the energy, the production. And so every time I see him, he just wants to talk about that, you know, and he loves talking that. And so I saw him about three weeks ago, went over to their house. I give Lou a hug, big hug, and his first comment is, Sean, what are we going to do without Gabby? You know, what are we, what are we going to do this year? You know, but, <laughs> but anyways, he said, I love your interviews. You do a great job. They do a great job. But they just need a volleyball. When you're on, they need oh, a volleyball. We well, there is volleyball? one down there. There is one down there. You want up here. But, you know, Lou, Lou, Lou wants it up here. You Lou want a little wants, more prominent. So we right got to put the ball right, right now. Here. This right is here. our assigned from our team last year. Oh. Uh, one, of the, one of the best teams we've had here at BYU. You, you do realize Jerem's going to take that to his office right and after the, the show. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this is for Lou. Lou requested that. And so, Lou, uh, love you guys. Got your back. Hey. And uh, there we go. So You know what? Just If you want your um, thing placed here, you just bring it in and we'll set it in. <laughs> that's how it works. No, that, that's awesome. Yes, that's great. but I want you guys to have it, Thank too. Thank you. You know that's that. Really there's, nice. a very, there's only a handful of those. And, I know. And you guys mean that to us. So Thank you. I do appreciate what you guys do, and I love it. So let's get back. Uh, we're playing. And that's what's exciting, you know, is – Everything going around. Um, I'm just catching up. I mean, did basketball cancel another one? Men's or? hoops is good. But okay. Gonzaga, San Francisco delayed this week. Okay. The first okay. WCC game this week. Yeah, yeah, and and we're seeing that with men's volleyball too. We're actually seeing a handful of schools that have backed out in this weekend. We're full go. We're leaving tomorrow at seven, uh, seven o'clock in the morning. Heading off to Penn State. It's a match we wanted to play. They're gonna obviously. I said it to you. They're gonna be a top five team. They are. They're legit. Uh, they're really, really good. And so this group needs that. And and it's exciting. You know, it, it's easy for you know the viewers as they look at our roster and look at our team. Man, who's gonna do this and who's gonna do that? I tell you what, I promise you, there, there's just an excitement that comes with coaching, with our job, that is a new opportunity for these young guys, you know, and that's what we're going to get to see. And they're going to take their lumps. We're going to, you know, we're going to have to navigate things a little differently than we've had to in years past. We can't deny that over the last couple of years, we had a solid core, a solid group, and we kind of knew what we had and we built from there. Does that make sense? And so now, you know, there is a lot of unknowns, but there, I, I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about this season to just be able to, those guys to have that opportunity and we get to see them grow. Okay, so you mentioned the unknowns and the youth. 
Yeah. What do you think you have? Like, what's the early thoughts? Like, you know, I can see this team doing X, Y, and Z. What do you What do you think of it right now? I can see this team really building off these for January, February, March, and getting themselves to a very, very competitive position into April. You know, um, are we are we a team that can go compete for a national championship? Shoot, I don't know. You see the 14 Peaks documentary over over Christmas called "Nothing Is Impossible." Yeah. If you haven't, go watch it. You know, then and we we showed that to the guys. But but you got to you know realistically, we've got a team that I think can gel and can grow, and they've shown that they'll do that. And so I do think we're going to have a team that's going to be definitely more competitive as the season goes. Now that sounds cliche, I get it, but that's the reality. They need some things, you know, they need a little experience. They need a little mud on their boots. You know, they need to scuff them up a little bit, and they're going to have to grow through that. It starts with setter. Yes. So what's that competition like? Because I know you have three guys that are competing for that spot. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, Zio, uh, Zio Meyer, uh, great athlete, a really, really strong volleyball player. I mean, that's a kid who you have to pull away from the gym, and we've had to do that. You know, Coach, can I do this? Can I do that? Hey, Zio, you know, stay here, stay in this lane, we promise you. And he's learning that, and he's growing through, through doing that. But he just loves to play, comes from a family of volleyball players. And so we, we've got Zio, and then we've got Bartek. Uh, he's from Poland. He was, he was at Barton University where he didn't get to set as much, you know, because that was their needs. Or, and uh, so those guys are mainly right now, they're the guys battling right now. And, um, you know, we're, we're still in a position where we're evaluating both those guys and seeing how the rest of our core gr group plays with those guys and the dynamics there and doing a lot of stuff that we used to do when I played with uh, Carl. You know, we had Hector and Chris Pitsack and we would play the other six guys around them, libero included, and flip those guys and play the same drill again. And we're doing a lot of that right now to kind of see who, uh, who's going to get on the floor. But we're going to see both those guys because we're going to need to. We're going to need to learn about those guys in match situations. Okay, I had a question. It may sound like an odd question to be asking you because, <laughs> because you guys are staying in the MPSF. Yeah. But with all of the hype around going to the Big 12, what – changes for you what advantages are there with the athletic department being in the big 12 even though men's volleyball is not going to be participating in because they don't offer that in the big 12 what's what is that dynamic like to to not be a part of it but what advantages are there to having the athletic department in it for for volleyball yeah no 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 for sure there's a lot of advantages let's you know we've we've seen that we, we we've seen that immediately with with football with basketball uh, I'm not allowed to specifically name some recruits that I know specifically in other sports I think you guys can put two and two together that weren't Super, super high on BYU once they went into that big conference. Uh, in my discussions with uh, people around them, very close to them, that immediately flipped. Um, and we can talk about that off air. But there's no, definitely in terms of the resources, the excitement, um, you know, the, the, the exposure, that's big time. And, uh, but it was a little different, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was like this, this party, this excitement. And our guys, in a way, were kind of like, uh, 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 it, yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> and I'm just being honest. I, you know, it wasn't like they were going to jump in the parade down Main Street and go, you know, Big 12, baby, because 
they were like, all right, this is, this is great. And they support their fellow student athletes. But it was also, we had to like kind of talk with them and explain to them, you know, the value here, the importance here. But uh, again, it's just me being totally honest. And, and the meeting that, w that we had where the coaches only with Tom when we got the announcement, you know, it was uh, total excitement, for myself included. But, you know, but men's volleyball staying in the MPSF which I get it, like, un unfortunately, that's just men's volleyball, and I'm okay with that. I'm not one to sit and go, hey, it's gotta be this way, it's gotta be, we gotta join the masses here, like, hey, we're men's volleyball, we've got this cool little group, kind of this cool little club that we love. We love the conference we're in, we get to play against P5 schools, you know, almost every weekend. So it's good, it's great. What a great opportunity for BYU, and we're seeing it. We're yeah. seeing it, man. We're seeing it everywhere. There's been this boost. A hundred percent. Like hundred percent. Awesome. And hey, in this process, you got free T-shirts. You know. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. I got. I got that <laughs> swag. box. I swag. <laughs> you know. No. 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 Hundred percent. Well, we're excited. BYU at Penn State this weekend, and then you have a bye, and then uh, home matches against UC Irvine on the 21st yep. and 22nd. Uh, get your tickets now, and of course, every home match on BYU TV or the app. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun season, and I think we have 12 or 14 home matches. Yeah, we have, uh, I think, 14 uh, and 10 on the road. So we've got this road trip right now, and uh, then then we're here for a long time. So UCLA to finish. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they're a good team. Looking forward to that. They're yep. a good team. But it's be fun. I think uh, I always want to tell you guys uh, just what a great job you guys do. Oh, honestly. thank you. I, it nice. was just for our sport, the athletic department. Uh, I, I know you guys get a lot, but. Uh, it's it's big time what you guys do, and everyone tells me that they they love it. And oh, we me sitting here it. on the sidelines, I'm laughing my head off. It's great. You guys Thank do you. a great job. Steve you guys also make it very easy to. <laughs> yeah, yes. The listen, I mean, when listen, I come in you, with a mustache, yeah. I did your job. I took your segment. You're welcome. You know? Listen, if you lost every game, maybe people don't feel the same way. Yeah, yes, uh, being true. good combined with exposure. Yeah, you guys awesome. are awesome. Thank, Thank you, guys. Vale's, Steve Vale's happy up in Logan right Props now. Props to so. Steve. <laughs> All right, coming up, a rise and shout-out to a one-year wonder at BYU. And by the way, we mean that in the best way possible. In Top 5 Tuesday, where does 2021 fall in the greatest years in BYU sports history? Some controversy in this one. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, mustacheless, always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. Oh, the, uh, the Reddit chatter about our Top 5 Tuesday <laughs> has just been incredible. Presented by Delta Airlines Keep Climbing. After an unforgettable 2021, we're talking January to December. We're not talking like August to May, okay? We're talking calendar year. Looking back at the top five years in BYU sports history, and there's some controversy here. Let's start with number five. All right, no controversy yet. Oh, okay. We're starting off all right. The year 2020 comes in at number five. So this year could have been even more memorable, but obviously got cut short due to COVID. We saw BYU knock off the Zags at the Marriott Center. Poised for an NCAA tournament run, men's volleyball ended the season ranked number one in the country. And Zach Wilson and the football team burst onto the college football scene going 11-1 and and getting as high as number eight in the AP poll. 2020, what a year. Comes in at number five. Number four, 2001, 12-0 start, finished 12-2. Doak Walker Award winner Luke Staley. That was awesome. Men's volleyball won its 
second national championship, knocking off UCLA. Women's cross country won the national championship. Soccer won the conference championship. Men's hoops won the conference tournament. The last conference tournament win for BYU to now, 2001. All right, at number three, and this is where I have the protest. I think the next three are out of order. At number three, we don't have to go back very far. 2021 brought us a, a lot of happiness. Hoops oh. finished the season ranked and earned a sixth seed in the tournament. Women's hoops won a tournament game. Men's volleyball made it to the national championship. Zach Wilson drafted number two overall. Football finally got the win over Utah and reached 10 wins while finishing 13th in the college football rankings. Connor Mance, Whitney Orton, both winning national championships. Women's soccer advancing to the national championship game. And oh yeah, BYU to the Big 12. I think it's number one. I think that's the best year. Number two, 1984. Hoop starts off, makes it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Ed Eyestone pulls off the triple crown in cross country and track national championships. And of course, BYU football wins the national championship. I could see why this might be number one as well. All right, number one is actually my number three. <laughs> but on this list, number one is 1981. The year started with Danny Ainge leading BYU to the Elite Eight thanks to his late-game heroics to knock off Notre Dame. Still, BYU's only Elite Eight appearance. Football also climbed as high as number eight in the rankings that year, capped off with an 11-2 season and a 38-36 win over Washington State. Also, 1981 saw BYU bring its first-ever outright national championship as the men's golf team edged out Oral Roberts by two shots. Okay, I think 21 ends up being the best year overall, top to bottom, and Big 12 puts it over the top. You feel? I feel what? that 1984 winning a football national championship cements it at number one. I, a I very, very, yeah. very close second is 2021 at number two I because of the that. Big 12 and everything else that happened. I have 1981, yeah. which on this list was number one. I had as number three. I had it 81 as one for a while until we came up with the list, and I thought, no, 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 no. It was actually 21. Yeah. 1984 this, in last 2021. Year, Incredible year. They're like one and one A, and it, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Okay, what do you see? And what do you think? Weigh in on social media. Let us know. What do you see in Jaron Hall that makes you think he is a future NFL pick? Our elite voice of the day is this, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Nate Paskett on Twitter. Poise under pressure. The NFL game has a lot more fourth-quarter game-winning drive opportunities. The quarterbacks uh, NFL coaches want are ones that can come out on the last drive of the game and perform under pressure, and I think Jaron can do that. There were a lot of win it or ice it drives this yeah. year. Yes. Where Jaron was very clutch. And again, his number one attribute is decision making. Yep. Fantastic. All right, Rise and Shout Outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about we give this one to Samson Nakua? He posted, uh, forever grateful for this game. Whatever we do in life, make sure to smile. Four, uh, four five is out. Super grateful he came to BYU. What? Like, he made a massive energy difference and then quantified that with a tremendous year. He was fantastic. It's a, it's a shame we only had him for one season. Our thanks to today's guests, Riley Nelson and the mustache man, Sean <laughs> Olmstead. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis. No time for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Micah Alba. Stay tuned for the first BYU devotional of the winter semester featuring president and sister Kevin and Peggy Worthen. Go Coach!